As I was thinking about your welcoming me today, I realized uh, Kathleen is new. <laughs> well, no, old-timer, two Sunday now, right? Second Sunday in, and how happy we are to have her appointed here. And we have another new appointment this conference year. Marcus, where is Marcus? Maybe he's out. Oh, there you are, okay. He moves around on me. Anyway, uh, Marcus has been licensed and, uh, as a pastor and appointed uh, as a local pastor here, so we're excited about other expanded roles we might, uh, we might have with him. Uh, I told uh, my wife Susan that I, I really know, she said, are you nervous about Sunday? I said, well, yes, a little bit, that I really don't know anybody in the Georgetown church. But I get here this morning, and I find one of my former parishioners from Central City, Mr. Wayne Black. How about that? He, he heard me preach for seven or eight years. <laughs> it's great to see you again, Wayne, and meet your family. Uh, so, yes, I, I feel right at home, Wayne. We, were, we had some great, great years together. Um, Central City is where I met my wife Susan, and you see her picture, and hopefully you'll get to, to get to meet her one day soon. Our scripture today, I got to keep going here, the clock is a ticking back there, it's awfully helpful for the preachers to have a, a clock, as if have you ever known a preacher to really notice the clock, huh? so it's, uh, well I, I try to, anyway. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 19. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. The children's message, so appropriate today, wonderfully expressed. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say... How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Well, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in fear. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And this is the Word of God for all of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are celebrating uh, 4th of July weekend. Already the fireworks have kicked off outside uh, my home last night. The boom, the boom, the boom. I tried to go to sleep, uh, so we we're going to keep, keep them going. We have cookouts planned, parades planned maybe. Concerts, family gatherings, <coughs> this is a big time for us. Independence Day, a day we think about and give thanks for our freedoms that were fought for 
and many sacrificed selfishly, as our beautiful first hymn said, sacrificed uh, self so that we might be free. And uh, in our country, many names come to mind when we think about this day and our freedom. We think about uh, George Washington. We think about Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, many others whose name resonates with freedom. <clears throat> we think about through the years and the civil rights era and a name like Rosa Parks who refused to get up from her seat on the bus and, and stake out her claim for freedom, how important that was. And there are many world leaders that we think about as well, a Gandhi or a Nelson Mandela who gave their lives to work for freedom. And we know freedom isn't free, it takes sacrifice, and many people, many leaders through our history have done just that. These leaders are known for their vision, their vision for what our country and what freedom could be, and also they're known because they acted upon that vision. They didn't just think I think we ought to be free, but they went out and worked hard and fought hard and lived so that we all might be free. So I think of many of these persons as what I would call proven leaders, quote unquote, because what they accomplished, they didn't just talk about freedom, they worked for freedom, they lived for freedom, they put their faith into action. Over the past few years, uh, we've, been, we've been remembering, uh, well, the 75th anniversary of the Normandy invasion. Um, so we keep thinking about World War II history. And just this past week, a few days ago, uh, a fellow by the name of Woody Williams, who was the last World War II Medal of Honor recipient died. He was 98. So we're, we're losing and we've about lost all of those persons who fought in that uh, World War II and particularly thinking about the Normandy invasion. These persons who gave their all. About 10 years ago, my wife Susan and I got to go with the Lexington Sister Cities group to, uh, to the Normandy area. Deauville is uh, a sister city of Lexington. And all along that coast, they have not forgotten what took place. And they have not forgotten the many Americans who died on that beach. So that not just France could be free, but all of Europe could be free of Hitler's forces. We, uh, we got to know some people in Deauville and they shared with us their children, their school children are taken to that cemetery uh, and row after row of, of memorials and monuments and stones is just a, a, a chilling, moving experience just to be there. And the children of Deauville are taken there every year to put crosses, uh, flags on the, on the graves of the Americans. 
they have not forgotten, and surely we will never forget either. So what is, what is a proven leader? Let's explore that a little bit more. And in Scripture, we have in the Old Testament of Abraham and Sarah, who obeyed God and followed God's leadership to establish uh, the special people of Israel. We think of Moses, who obeyed God and went reluctantly to confront Pharaoh to say, let my people go and led them out of bondage in Egypt. There's a period in the Old Testament also uh, in 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Samuel that talks about a time when the people of Israel said, we want a king. Everybody else has got a king. We want a king. Well, so God blessed them and Samuel anointed Saul as the first king of Israel. And uh, that didn't go too well, frankly. And if you read some of those passages in the Bible... You know, they got, uh, Saul fell out of favor with the people. And so they said, well, give us another king. And so Samuel anointed David, the young shepherd boy, David, who was inexperienced. However, he had fought off lions and bear from killing the sheep. So God thought, well, if he can do that, I believe he can lead my people. So Samuel anointed David when he was just a boy. And then David went on to be a great hero, a great warrior. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, it talks about, and the people, the people gathered around David and anointed him as their king. Well, it's like a second anointing because several chapters earlier, Samuel had done that. And that was all based on what he might do, his potential for what he could do. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we have the people that we really see what he can do. He's a proven leader. He's been out there and done it and led us in a powerful way. And so they said he is our king. God chose David for his potential. And now based on what he could do, not what he might do, but what he had done. He was uh, solidified as the people's king. Well, a proven leader is also someone who does what they say. In the 14th verse that I just read, it says, what, what good is it if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions. What good is it if you say you have faith? Another passage in James says, Be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Be doers of the faith. So a proven leader is one who actually leads, doesn't just talk about it. Where do you think we'd be today? How free do you think we'd be if George Washington had not led the troops across the Potomac in that terrible weather, what if he just stayed in his tent around the campfire and said, now y'all go on out there, fight hard, I'll be here cheering for you around the warm campfire, but y'all go on out in that bad weather and do your thing and fight for us. And he did not go. No, he led the way personally, physically. He was out there 
on the front line. And certainly our freedoms came as a result of it. So is the same way uh, at Normandy and many other, many other battles in our history. I think one of the most inspiring stories of World War II uh, features uh, George Patton. And uh, if you'll recall that period of history is that the Allied forces were making our way toward uh, Germany and making good progress, and then Hitler's forces mounted a counteroffensive, and they bulged back and broke, were about to break our line and retake some territory. And that famous Battle of the Bulge we've heard so much about. General Patton knew at that critical time, he couldn't just say, okay, y'all go out there and fight. He knew he had to be on the front line leading the way. And he did. He was a proven leader because he physically was out front leading, not just pointing the way. And you know, General Patton doesn't have a special monument in Arlington. He's not even buried in the United States. He's buried where his troops are buried in the National Cemetery near this Battle of the Bulge place. He is a proven leader and has been. And what if many of our Christian leaders have just talked about the faith and not lived it? Martin Luther, who developed his 95 theses and nailed them to the wall or door of a church. I heard recently that he really didn't nail them to a door. I got to check that out. I preached that for 40 years that he nailed them to a door, but somebody said, oh, well, he really didn't. I said, well, okay, I'm gonna, I'll let you know the rest of that story. But he developed his 95 theses and he believed in how to, how to reform and refresh the church. John Wesley, you've heard of that fellow. Uh, and he, uh, a minister uh, of the Anglican Church, the Church of England, he had all kinds of ideas that he thought, this is what we must be doing. And he went out to the coal mines and to the fields and took the message and the gospel to the people. And when America was being developed, he sent over faithful followers to take the message the good news, the gospel, out into the countryside. And the circuit riders made their way. So on and on we could go, but verse 18 says, I'll show you my faith by putting it into practice, into faithful action. I'll prove that I've got faith because I'm going to be out there living it and doing it. And I think verses 15 and 16, which the children's message illustrated so well, when it says, suppose uh, you see somebody in need, no food, no clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, etc., etc., but then you don't give them anything. What good is that? How does that show you're faithful? I've been learning this morning about the Amen House, and the work of this ministry of this church in making sandwiches. Uh, a lot of sandwiches, right? Somebody tell me, how many did you make this morning? 152. 152 sandwiches this morning, and you're going to make some more on Tuesday, right? 
I guess anybody can help with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. 152. So that people in this area, Georgetown area, won't have to go hungry. There really are people out there on the streets who need a sandwich every day. So this scripture seems to say, you know, don't just talk about loving other people. Do something about it. Help them. Literally help them yourselves. And this church has ministries and ways that can be done. Well, as God has needed proven leaders through the years, so today, yes, God still needs proven leaders. And we all need to continue in this time of interim to step up and be the leaders God calls us to be. This church is blessed with a great staff. I've learned that already. People in places, in pastoral leadership, music leadership, education, all kinds of ways. And all will be called to step up maybe even a little more to make sure the work is done. Volunteers are needed, not just to make sandwiches, but to help with the Bible school next week. We can be proven leaders by following through on what we sing about and pray about on Sunday morning, by living that out every day of our lives. So, we might ask, well, what can we do to help Brother Phil? What can we do? And we can keep praying, for sure. Let's not stop that. But we can best help Brother Phil by loving this church and keeping this church in our prayers and living our faith and doing what we can to help in this interim period. Folks, we're just, uh, your church like so many churches, we're just trying to get back from COVID and, and that sent us our separate ways and we were so disconnected. Thank goodness for uh, Facebook and Zoom and other ways we can connect. But we're trying to come back together and we've got to come back together. We've got to come back together as the body of Christ and live out the faith. And that's how we can keep our membership vows. That's how we can keep the faith. That's how we can all be a proven leader as well. So let's resolve this morning that we're going to reconnect with each other and with the church. And we're going to be counted upon, especially during this interim time, to work together for the good of the kingdom. Proven leaders, the proof's in the pudding. Well, the proof's going to be in how faithful we are day in and day out in these days ahead. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for this very special holiday weekend. We celebrate freedom. We celebrate independence. We celebrate those who have led and those who have sacrificed, even given their lives, so that we can sit right here in freedom today and worship as we choose. Lord God, uh, bless us in the days ahead with this congregation. Uh, we know your Holy Spirit will give us the power 
and the strength to march forward in your name. In Christ we pray. Amen.